Hey guys, it's Mandy with Global Hemp Association. I wanted to say thank you so much for joining. I'm excited about the opportunity to build a relationship and connect this supply chain. I mean, after all, that's why we started the association. Our association was built on the foundation of connecting supply chain, building relationships, and helping you grow your business. Anyone from farmers, manufacturers, and distributors, people that are passionate about the supply chain, and those creating products selling into biofuels, plastics, textiles, construction, and building materials. Vanessa, before we start, you want to give us a little background about who you are and what you did before you got into the hemp industry? Absolutely. And and thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about this. And yeah, we've rescheduled a couple times because I was gallivanting around Portugal. So <laughs> I appreciate you making some time for me this week. I actually thought it was all my fault last. I think I rescheduled last time. So <laughs> either way, we're, we're all busy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think a, a good w- place to start is um, I guess my background really stemmed um, in college. I studied dietetics and I've always had a strong passion for health and wellness and food being my medicine and herbal remedies and things like that. Um, so I actually started with my company, which was then called Covance, um, as an intern my senior year of college over spring break in the laboratory and um, it turned into a job. So I will actually have 11 years with the company next Monday, which seems very crazy. I don't know if I like saying that I'm 11 years out of college, but here we are. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) yeah, um, I don't even want to go where how far I've been out or any uh, of the other people we're working with. So, (laughs) you know, I'm always like, age is just a number, but then like, you get weird pains in your back and like you don't recover from a run as easily. So yeah, it's okay. <laughs> That's what CBD is for. <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah, I started with uh, the company. I held various positions um, throughout and ended up in business development, supporting um, all different sectors, food, beverages, feed, um, kind of found my way into the dietary supplement round realm. Um, and then I got into hemp because, well, twofold. Personally, uh, my dog suffered from epilepsy. So we were, um, you know, trying different pharmaceuticals. He was not getting relief. Nothing was working. And I started doing my own research with kind of my science-backed brain and um, stumbled across CBD and, and hemp. And um, it kind of stumbled across. I'm curious, like, where did you find information that since you understood the science, right? Where was data available in, in try- research as a consumer? Yeah. So, gosh, I I honestly think I first, you know, I was just googling things, and then I stumbled okay. upon like Facebook groups about it, um, and then I just kind of went down that rabbit hole yeah. and okay. found whatever I could. Um, you know, of course, our vet was like, "We can't recommend anything. I can't tell you to use this or not." Um, which made it difficult because it was like, okay, now I have to try to dose my dog and, you know, figure it all out myself. Um, but the good news is it really did help him. Um, it reduced the severity and frequency of his seizures, really helped him come out of them and bounce back to normal. Um, so that's when I was really like, there is something here. Yeah. Um, so personally, that was going on. And then at the same time, um, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Muriel Weintraub. She, I think she was on one of your... Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. So um, she also worked with our company at the time. Um, and she's... I need to give her a shout out and a call. 
Yes. If you're listening. <laughs> yes, you should. I talked to her this morning. She's actually uh, back with Eurofins now, which is very exciting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So side story. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she was kind of leading the initiative on our lab side with bringing on testing, um, testing for hemp and CBD. Um, so she was attending conferences and I actually attended a NOCO um, hemp expo with her, um, really got into it, really loved it. And then it just kind of went on from there and it turned into my full-time role um, at Eurofins. Okay. Okay. So what's been your favorite part? You know, and then I want to kind of, I mean, maybe this will lead into why you're doing or what your, you know, how, what your involvement looks like in the industry, but yeah. Yeah. So outside uh, of personal and your dog, right? Yeah. On the outside and science side. Yeah. yeah. Why why hemp and cannabis? And um, well, obviously I, I believe in the product. I think it's a great plant, not only for the cannabinoid side of things, but the plant as a whole. Um, and I really what I really enjoy is working with our clients and companies to help them, you know, ensure that they are making a quality product. Um, that they can get it to market safely, um, you know, to protect themselves, protect consumers and their brand. Um, and just, I love the community, the hemp community. It is, uh, there's so many different facets, obviously, but, um, you know, I've made some great connections. I, it's kind of weird that I call them my clients are honestly more like friends. Um, and I just, <laughs> I just love being involved as a whole. It's just, it's just so great. Absolutely. So, Vanessa, then tell me what involvement looks like now outside of Eurofin. Like, what is Eurofin doing for the industry or for the Hemp Feed Coalition specifically? Sure. Yeah, let's uh, chat about Hemp Feed Coalition first. Um, yeah. So I am on the board. Uh, great organization. I'm mm -hmm. hoping the audience is familiar. Um, yeah. But if not, kind of the, the mission is to gain federal approval for hemp and its byproducts to be used as ingredients in animal feed, um, thus opening up the market for growers and, and processors um, to have access to that billion-dollar animal feed market. So a lot of work to be done, um, definitely, but, but good work happening there. Um, and how Eurofins is involved is we um, are a partner with HFC to perform the nutritional analysis, ensuring that, uh, you know, ensuring the nutrients levels um, and anti-nutritives um, in the hemp seed byproducts. So we've done excessive uh, nutritional profiles um, on those ingredients um, on various lots from all over the country to kind of build that nutrient profile. Um, okay, so I met with someone just yesterday asking about some, a lab for a nutrient profile. Uh, how do people get in touch with you? And Tyson is actually who I'm thinking of. So remind me after this and I'll connect you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so our website, uh, eurofinsus.com. Otherwise, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm happy to field messages there. Um, or I can, you know, drop my email directly <laughs> into this. Um, but yeah, we definitely, that's kind of where our, our bread and butter, so to speak, started uh, with our company is nutritional analysis over 90 years ago. So <laughs> we definitely um, can help with the nutrient analysis there. Awesome. 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 Um, I just pulled this off of your link, your website, and it takes you right to the CBD products link, it looks like. Um, 
Awesome. So I have a question and maybe this is a little bit elementary, but I'm struggling a little bit at connecting the dots for other people that don't understand why opening the feed would be the feed industry would be so important for driving demand for the hemp industry. Right. And when I say that, it's usually obviously when I'm speaking to people that are not in our hemp industry. Like, well, why would that matter? Especially to legislation, specifically recently in Utah, when I was talking about the need for feed and one of the, um, I can't remember who it was, basically stood up and said, oh, they love, you know, like animals are not a worry. Like, that's no big deal. That'll be just fine. But this disconnect about what feed and grain, you know, is versus feeding CBD to your dog or your pet. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you kind of speak to that as as if we're talking to those that are not in our industry? Like, What is it that we need to help educate and really bridge that gap? Sure. I mean, I guess how, how I would think about it for someone not in industry is if you have an animal feed, obviously it needs to have a specific profile. They need proteins, fats, you know, their amino acids, all those good nutrients um, in the animal feed. So you can use all sorts of ingredients. Um, and we found that the hemp seed byproducts, um, you know, your hemp seed cake meal have highly nutritive properties. So, um, you know, the amino acid profile and, and all that, and all those goodies. So, um, why not use something that, you know, comes from a great plant, um, that can be used from, you know, pressed oil. And then that byproduct can be then converted into, a, a, fin- a finished product, you know, in the animal feed. So, um, I mean, when you're thinking about sustainability and, and everything like that, and just giving processors and growers another, another stream, you know, aside from a CBD lotion, um, it's yeah. a great alternative. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, we talk about this opening the market, like what does that look like? Right. And, and again, props back to hemp feed coalition because, I look at the drought, you know, we're just going to start seeing the, the effects of the drought on our animal animals and feed. And if this is another viable option, it creates yeah, a demand. And I can't speak to the numbers as well as you guys can. But yeah, it's important. Okay, so talk to me. There's there's lots of labs, right? There's lots of people doing different tests. Talk to me a little bit about what sets you guys really apart and what new technology and differences do you guys have that yeah, really, we should be paying attention to. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a fun one to talk about. So, okay. <laughs> um, you know, Euro, so Eurofins is a, a global lab network. We have over mm-hmm. 900 labs um, across the world, which is really, uh, I guess it's really exciting because there's very few things we find that we can't do um, within right. our network. So each lab location kind of operates um, as their own business unit and has their own specialty. So kind of my main hub is in Madison, Wisconsin, which is one of, well, it is now, um, I think, the largest nutritional chemistry lab in the U.S., um, brand new, beautiful lab. It's gorgeous. Um, and then we also specialize um, with all our hemp testing at that location. So um, what really sets us apart is, like I mentioned, we started over 90 years ago with nutritional chemistry testing and have always had, you know, this really strong focus on quality and service and scientific expertise. So when we brought on hemp testing, you know, it really wasn't 
that we were building out a new lab or new capabilities. It was just kind of shifting, you know, methods, revalidating methods, um, and putting a lot of our current processes in place um, to be able to test hemp. Whereas, you know, we see we saw a lot of labs, you know, 2019-ish pop up um, just to test hemp and didn't have all that expertise and, and years and years of experience. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely one thing that that sets up sets us apart as our scientists and, and our and our years of experience there. Um, and then the ability to test for kind of the non-routine hemp stuff. So like I mentioned, the nutritional analysis, and we do a lot of work with botanicals. So um, having that kind of full scope has made it easier on our customers um, that have branched out into, you know, other supplements, other topicals, OTCs, things like that, because then they kind of have that one, one stop shop with us, because we can accommodate a lot of that testing. Are you guys doing anything or plan to do anything for quality of fiber? Very, like, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so we do, I know we have a Eurofins textile division. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they also do a lot of work with like leather. <laughs> I don't know sure. as much about that division, but I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the need was there, um, you know, to either bring on those capabilities or they might already have those capabilities in hand. Um, the fiber side, if you're talking about like tinsel strength and stuff like that, that falls mm-hmm. a little bit out of realm for my laboratory because we're f- focused more on food and supplements. But, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I'm happy to look into that further. Yeah, I'd be curious just to know what what is on, you know, online and planning to be online, because I do think that that's a huge need, especially as we're looking at, you know, standardizing or specifications for orders, say for a non-woven versus a textile grade, right? Um, But yeah, so I was just kind of curious, understanding where you're at, where the the vertical is, what type of data do you think um, we're really missing within our industry that we need to be considering or really looking at collecting? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, So we often have conversations with companies that are looking to kind of characterize um, their hemp materials. So if you're, you know, talking about a distillate or, or crude or something, there's oftentimes a percentage of something that we don't have a routine method for. So we can test the cannabinoids, the terpenes, you know, some fats, um, things like that. Yeah. But um, there seems to be a lack of methods available right now to do, you know, some of those waxes or other substances. Um, and, and unfortunately, those are all research projects, um, which become quite costly. But we've had that conversation many times. So um, from what I've seen, I would say probably that characterization piece is is um, one of the pieces missing in industry right now. Um, and then um, as we've done a lot of the nutrient uh, testing on the hemp seed byproducts, I think we're, we're really good there. Um, we most recently developed um, a low-level detection method. It's a LCMS method um, to get those very low levels of THC and 15 other cannabinoids. Um, so that was a little bit of a, a miss in industry um, that we now have a solution for. So that's super exciting. Okay. So just a minute ago, you said, you know, obviously with the testing for the nutrients, can you speak to what you're finding in your tests? Now, where does hemp sit compared to a lot of the other work you're doing? 
Yeah. Um, so I should have pulled up the, the nutrient <laughs> data we have. So Hemp Feed Coalition, if you want to get involved, does have, um, you know, a full table of what that average um, nutrient profile looks like. Um, so I would say definitely reach out to us if you are interested in seeing that information. Um, and we'd love to is have you involved. Is that somewhere or is that as a membership you get access to that? How does that um, I believe it's membership. I know we've shared it um, in presentations and, and things like that. Um, but I'll confirm. Um, yeah. Mem membership is, um, I believe it's just $100 to get involved. So very uh, minimal commitment to be involved. Um, maybe we can drop a link to <laughs> the comments there yeah. to the Empty Coalition. I'll look it up right now and I'll just add it in there. Awesome. Um, awesome. Okay, so what's next? What's next for projects? Where do you see industry going? And your, yeah, what, what's your role really? Oh man, what's next? That could go a lot of different ways. Um, I feel like the past couple of years, we're always like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Where's, where are things going to go? Um, so we're always kind of just like chugging along. Um, we try to anticipate what needs might be coming from industry. Um, you know, we saw Delta eight, uh, kind of trending, so we started looking into some of the others, uh, uh, you know, D10, things like that. Um, like I mentioned with the low level THC, as we're seeing um, different countries adopt much lower levels um, yeah. of detection, we kind of anticipated that. Um, so we started working on new methodologies. So it's hard to, um, I guess it's hard to see what's coming all the time, but we yeah. are definitely trying to stay on top of it and being able to provide solutions as as the need arises. Um, it would definitely be helpful if we got some federal regulation just to make everyone's lives easier. But so, uh, can you speak to that a little bit for those that may not know or may not understand? And and I, it's not an area I have focused on right, mm -hmm. is the regulation or the policy or legislation in general. And so, yeah, I always, I love diving into this stuff just because it's not my strength. Sure. Um, yeah. Talk about, especially how that has affected you as the lab and then, you know, your customers. Yeah. I mean, Even it's label changes. It's ridiculous. Right. It's, it's definitely difficult for everyone involved, right? So you have this patchwork right now of a state by state, you know, regulations and requirements um, you know, for testing and labeling and, and what you need to have to sell your product on, on the market. So on the testing side, it's difficult because all these states, um, let's use pesticides, for example. So all these states have different um, lists of pesticides. And then within those lists of compounds, they might have various limits or um, levels of quantification that you have to hit. So as the laboratory, and I know other third-party laboratories struggle with this, is you have to have multiple options available to be able to accommodate all those various sets of regulations. And then, you know, obviously for the the manufacturer or the brand owner, they, I, I mean, it's got to be a full-time job just staying on top of those regulations because they change and, you know, you have to check every state. So it's it's a lot to um, to to keep track of. Um, it's probably uh, my biggest like hurdle or when somebody says, well, Hey, I really want to start a CBD company or get into the industry. I'm like, Oh man, 
just this piece alone, be prepared that the, the expense that people have had to swallow for changing just labels, like mm-hmm. I said, has just been, it's been crazy. And so, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's always this reservation about, you know, well, yes, we, it's lab tested, but now understanding the lack of regulation around the lab. Right. right. Well, and that's, I mean, that's a great point too. So recently, you know, the state of Colorado released their, you know, CDPHE requirements. Um, so for, for laboratories, they had to meet, you know, a full list of uh, requirements and then be audited by CDPHE in order to be able to test um, hemp um, for Colorado. And that was, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big endeavor too. And even for our laboratory, um, for the pesticide requirements they put out there, it was an extensive list um, and super, some super low limits for some of those compounds. So, um, I mean, our laboratory, we test infant formula and infant formula is always, you know, one of the uh, most stringent rules, obviously, because you got to keep babies safe. Um, so we already had, you know, extremely um, low limits for our pesticide testing method to be able to accommodate that. Um, but it was still difficult because hemp can be a complex matrix. So even within our lab, we had some difficulty meeting those requirements. You know, ultimately we did and plugged to our lab. We were the first laboratory to meet that full list, which was exciting. But I mean, yeah, just the the regulations and then the state certifications for the testing labs, there's there's a lot to consider. So it would be really, really great to see uh, some federal standardization and, and regulation across the board. Yes. What would you say is most misunderstood then? Either missold or really misunderstood. Mm, From a a testing standpoint? Yeah, from the lab space. Yeah. um, I would say one thing that's probably not talked about enough um, is method validation. So what's important in a testing laboratory and when you're testing various materials is ensuring that that method is fit for purpose um, and really specific to that matrix. So obviously testing hemp biomass is going to be completely different than testing uh, a hemp face serum or hemp pantyhose. And yes, we have tested those. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, we did some validation work on, uh, they were like hemp socks. So we see all sorts of crazy things. Um, That's great. Yeah, those are the kind of things that like people say all the time. Like, what's the best? And I'll ask you this. I'm even curious. Like, best innovation you've seen, right? And a hemp pantyhose would be one I would totally be like. Or there's someone else doing hemp hair or hemp skin. Or- yeah, I mean, you see it in you see it in everything. I mean, I guess some of the products are really innovative, but you have to wonder like, is it actually the best mode of delivery? Um, but hey, if they're making money off it, I guess go for it. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anybody that's making a lot of money on industrial hemp yet. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, so yeah, I think the method validation piece is super important. Um, you know, so what I what I always urge companies is to just do their due diligence when when working with a third party lab and really understand what that laboratory has taken into account and has done to ensure that they are going to be producing accurate, reliable, consistent results. Because I I think that's the biggest problem right now is we get companies coming to us all the time and they say, I have tested this with four other labs. I've gotten wildly different results. You know, 
why is this happening? Um, so just differences in methodology and, and not having that validation is causing a lot of um, problems for, for companies. Can you give me an example of a situation without naming companies where this specifically has happened, whether it's you know, wrong testing methods were used and you saw loss in revenue or product went to waste or, you know, kind of put into perspective, like what are you seeing as real time effects to businesses and or farmers because of yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, this this unfortunately happens quite often as we're approached because company X um, has submitted to three other laboratories for potency results. They're not hitting the mark. So they, you know, either can't sell the product or, you know, continue with production. Um, and it may be a difference of the lab might not be using a standard method. Um, so for example, like our Eurofins method received the AOAC first action approval. So our potency method <clears throat> we made publicly available and it went through all the rigorous process to get that, you know, kind of official method, um, to be a standard method in industry. So there's those types of challenges. Um, or maybe that the lab isn't, uh, willing to help troubleshoot or really figure out what's going on with the matrix, things like that. So you know, by the time a company may come to us, they may have spent, you know, 10 times the amount they were expecting on one one test just because of the retesting and needing to go to another lab. And, you know, then you're using up material and you're paying for those shipping costs. So um, I, I really feel for quality departments in this space. It's It's got to be a headache. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that it's the most discouraging. Like I said, it's this overwhelming up and down, um, that if it's not well thought out, it's very costly in the space. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know, and or well vetted. It doesn't even necessarily have to be thought out, right? Because there's been lots of empty promises made in this space, in any space, but specifically here. For yeah. sure. Yeah, we've um I've given a presentation before on um kind of how to vet and choose a, a reputable third party lab because most people just want to look at price and there is so much more behind price. I mean, all the hidden kind of hidden costs involved. So yeah, don't, don't lab one. shop on price. That's my biggest, you biggest get what you pay for. advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and I think this is something to pay attention to, right? Is the cost to run a certified lab is extremely different than cutting those edges, right? And mm -hmm. the certifications and licensing and equipment that's used, um, our fees are what they are for a reason. They're expensive yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Um, Bill has a great question, and I don't know how well or how close you guys work with ASTM on on your lab. Mm -hmm. I want to speak to this. He said we need collaborate collaborators. Do your textile lab perform? Does your textile lab perform both ASTM and DIN standard testing on fibers? We kind of talked about this in the beginning. Yeah. So, Bill, I, I don't have an answer for you on that right now. Eurofins is definitely involved with ASTM. Um, I would love to get your info, contact info, or feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, and I can follow up or connect you with that team directly. Awesome. I'd love to help. I can help connect you to Bill. Um, right. This is something else too. I talk about. <laughs> it's funny. I knew Bill. Bill, I had you in mind when I asked this question in the very beginning about <laughs> fiber quality testing throughout the the process. And so, 
Um, I love and it would it. be worth definitely worth connecting there. Um, so as far as industry goes, um, can you talk to me a little bit about some changes you've really seen that are bettering the industry? You know, we've we've talked a little bit about the testing for the nutrition for the uh, hemp feed coalition or the fiber and grain space, but what other trends are you really starting to see that are making a difference for the positive of our industry? Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, um, you were at NoCo. It seemed like there was just like a bit of a revival, just kind of a a new shift in energy. Um, it totally. was. It like, oh, I got goosebumps. Like it was, you know, it was, um, I don't even know how to put it to words, but the, the energy was great. Um, I feel like we're coming together more collaboratively now. Um, it's really great to see industry organizations focus more again on the fiber and grain side versus just the, the CBD side. Um, you know, so HIA has various committees focused on that. Um, U.S. Hemp Roundtable has been um, focusing more on that. So I think that's um, something that's headed in the positive direction. Um, so, yeah, I think just kind of that that general shift. It, it was a hard couple, two years, I would say, for industry as a whole. And, and it seems like we're gaining some positive traction once again. I think it's been so rewarding to see this shift. Um, and again, no discredits, you know, sitting in the position that both you and I are in, right? And being with both the cannabinoid and the fiber and grain side um, and realizing it's the same plant, right? With these different options. Um, I still, you know, I look at the opportunity that's ahead of us and the, the chance to make a significant difference way with a market, you know, share that's much larger, just sitting right in front of us, you know, mm -hmm. where that's what excites me as it feels like now we're starting to see industry open their eyes. You know, like Joe says, CBD has hijacked the hemp industry for years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now we're starting to see. And, and I agree, the shift at NOCO was, it was exciting. I attended oh, an nice. event this last week that was still all exclusively CBD and, and both rec and medical. Right. Oh, sure. mm -hmm. um, small, but you can tell the region we were in is it was just definitely not cut up to where industry is moving. And it's yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, I'll be attending the um, IHEMP Michigan okay, conference okay. To, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, Thursday, I'll be heading out there. Um, so I, I hope that same energy is there, too. And, um, you know, the as much as CBD had its spotlight, I do think it, it was really vital and pivotal because yes. it, it, it gave hemp, um, kind of the, uh, the push it, it needed to kind of get more mainstream. Um, and I mean, that's again, how I really got into it is hearing about CBD. So, um, it, it definitely did some good. Well, and let me ask you this or make this statement maybe, I, um, I've said for a long time, like, why did CBD take charge? Why did, why did this medical side really, you know, lead the way? And it's very easy to pull on someone's heartstrings when we're talking about our children or our health, right? It's very difficult to hit the masses when we're talking about, you know, sustainable building materials or 
no construction or how removed so many people are from climate change, you know, let alone selling them on that heartstring. And so I go back to this like appreciation for what it did on moving the industry forward and how we were able to utilize it to move, move the industry forward. Um, and, and still it's that difficult thing. If we're talking about building, bridging the gap and creating this consumer demand campaign, what about hemp outside of medical really pulls on those heartstrings as quickly as, as what we've seen. Right. right. So, yeah. Pet, pet, pets and pets and babies. It's what everyone cares about. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that's, a, I mean, that's, I think that's what we need to figure out is how, you know, wh- what's really going to move people and, and get people to care more about it. Are you seeing, so going back to industry trends, I guess, are you seeing more and more companies or processors for cannabinoids? Um, like, what are you seeing as a shift in that market and industry? Are you seeing a lot of people doing toll processing? Are you more vertically integrated? What, what's your, where are you seeing things? Yeah. So from our side, we, we probably work most with co-manufacturers um, mm-hmm. and processors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work with growers directly, brand owners, but I would say majority of our work is you know, on the extraction side um, and then the co-manufacturers. We have seen more of a shift with over the past couple of years with clients getting into new products. So instead of just having their standard, you know, CBD oils, CBD gummies, what have you, um, they really shifted more to that dietary supplement realm. So immune products with CBD or you know, just m- m- more adding, products. Adding it to an existing yep. supplementary line. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So definitely the shift with the immunity um, during COVID and everything. Um, so we're seeing a lot more uh, capsules, gummies, things like that, topicals, um, OTCs with CBD added versus just a standalone CBD product. Well, I live in the heartbeat of nutraceutical industry with MLMs like crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you anticipate for, you know, MLMs to really start picking up product and distributing? Or are you seeing more and more of that? Yeah, so there's a few we're working with right now. Um, can't name names, but there, I, I think, I'm trying to think of what other, I feel like there would be more opportunity in the more uh, topical or cosmetic side type MLM. Mm-hmm. Um, versus kind of the supplement side, but yeah, we are seeing that. I don't, I guess I don't know if I expect to see more or less. I feel like they'd probably already be in it. Um, I think it probably is this gray area of regulation, right? If they're mm-hmm. distributing internationally across multiple state lines and borders, um, I could imagine, yeah, with this gray area of right the cost is pretty prohibitive, (laughs) you know, or the risk is still pretty high. Um, Or at least that's what I hear from a lot of people, right? Is they're sitting on the outside kind of watching or potentially bringing formulation in-house completely. Um, But what? No, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And we have a lot of companies today that we work with that are, you know, CPG, dietary supplement, big, large dietary supplement manufacturers and, and retailers, um, 
And, you know, they've, I think, been, just been sitting on formulation because um, they they don't want to risk it yet. So um, it's, it's kind of unfortunate to see that because a lot of those big players just haven't yet entered the market because of the lack of federal regulation. Okay, so I want to kind of talk about your role at Eurofin, Ooh. right? What have been some of the challenges that you've had, um, one, being a female in the industry, <laughs> and two, the industry being so new? Yeah, um, I would say versus my previous roles, this is the most female-friendly organization I've been in. Um, it's just so great to see the diversity Um I'm on the Minority Empowerment Committee for the U.S. Um, Hemp Roundtable. Um, lots of, I, I think, predominantly female. Uh, the board now for HIA is predominantly female, which is super great. Um, and mm-hmm. it's honestly, a, a really big piece of why I love this industry so much is I'm not surrounded by, you know, men twice my age <laughs> and you know so it's really great to see the diversity um i love it i actually yeah. our call yesterday we had on my screen multiple powerful women um and it and not just to the women but to the men that support those women right i want to be careful because until i got into this industry i didn't really see the separation and i not that i it wasn't there it's that i wasn't in a workplace where i was in agriculture or construction where, where they are dominantly ran by, by men. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so I have never seen so much collaboration watching the industry from a different angle than when the women get involved and you see, you know, gears are really moving and turning and p- things are really getting done. And so, yeah, I want to give this back to credit to you and credit to what you've been doing and your longevity in the industry shows. Yeah. Shows yeah. your track record. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's, it's really great. And I love, gosh, I'm seriously surrounded by fantastic, brilliant females all the time. And it's, it's really, I mean, it empowers me just being around them. So it's super great. I could list off, you know, I could spend the rest of this time listening. (laughs) (laughs) Annie Rouse, Hunter Buffington, Mariel Weintraub, Jess Mulligan, like the list goes on and on and on. But, um, yeah. I, and in terms of challenges just with my role, um, I, I think the hardest part is if I can't find a solution for someone. I mean, really, that's that's what I'm here for. I'm a liaison through a whole laboratory network. Um, you know, I really feel for the challenges and the struggles that these companies are going through. Um, so, you know, I'm here to support. I'm here to be, you know, a resource that's that's truly how I view my role. And I just want to find a, a good solution for everyone. Um, so if there's something I can't, uh, can't find a solution for that's when it really hits me hard and, and feels challenging. But luckily, that's rare. <laughs> I was gonna say, what are, have you give me an example of a situation where that's come up? What is something that's just been a challenge? Or maybe that something was presented as a challenge that you didn't have a solution that now you guys have been able to overcome as a company or you as an individual? Yeah, so um, like we talked about the characterization piece at the beginning, it, in, it'll involve a lot of research um, and a lot of money. So, you know, if I could, I wish I could just make that happen in the lab. But obviously, we are a business too, so wow. things like that. But, um, I mean, with uh, for, so for Hemp Fee Coalition, for example, 
we needed to be able to get down to those lower levels of detection for THC. Um, so we were able to do a method development project um, for HFC um, and get that done pretty quickly in order to meet um, meet those needs. So when we can kind of pull together and get stuff done like that, that's super rewarding. Awesome. Okay, so with all the organizations you're working with, right, what are some of the big uh, projects that are, you know, that you really see moving in the industry, especially the collaboration, right? I'm assuming that the big projects I'm seeing big collaboration on, right? Yeah. I'm assuming you're seeing a lot of the same as you sit in these different roles. Yeah, I think they're working on. I think, a, well, I think across the board is involvement, right? Um, I think for all the organizations we're a part of, it's getting members, getting sponsors, um, really getting people involved. And whether it's monetary or just time, time and resources. Um, for Hemp Feed Coalition, we are so dependent on data. So data sharing and sharing of CFAs is super important to us. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, uh, and you're probably feeling it too, is probably the member, getting members and involvement. More sponsors, right? Yeah. JHA has done a great yeah. job at focusing on the supply chain. Um, yeah, it's, and, and, and realizing too, where our members are, you know, a lot of the people within the industry are still, you know, forking out a lot of money or, um, have not become profitable yet. <laughs> you know, we're still in like capital raise mode or, you know, building mode of facilities or, um, you know, scalability. And so I think that, yeah, it's a matter of being able to provide that support and have those resources to get those support so that the industry, you know, can kind of rise together. Yep. Well, that's what's so great about what you do in your organization is the just the connections. I mean, that is so important, especially in this industry. It it sometimes seems really large, but I, I think it's pretty small. We're a pretty you know tight knit group, but um, you know the 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 people doing it right are involved in these organizations and want to commit and want to be Absolutely. helpful and want to support. And I think that's who we really need to you know, lift up and, and keep our eyes on. Birds of a feather flock together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you really start to see it, right? Groups that are working on different projects. And so, yeah, definitely have Feed Coalition. I want to give a shout out to, uh, for our seed trials that we did. We did national fiber variety trials in 10 different states. Melissa's really leading the charge at South Bend Industrial Hemp and Performance Crop Research. Um, really leading the charge there. Um, we've got 10 different um, research or independent crop consultants that are doing our trials. And so I'm really excited to be able to provide that data back, obviously on the fiber side um, and the scalability side, right? Being able to show multiple regions and multiple locations. Uh, real quick again, Vanessa, how do people get in touch with you if they weren't listening earlier? Yeah, LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Feel free to shoot me a message, comment. Um, E email is just fine also. Um, and then check out our, our website. We do have a resource center on our website that provides webinars, white papers, all sorts of, of goodies for, for hemp and, and CBD. Awesome. 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 Um, Bill has another question. Again, I don't know if it's in your um, box or your vertical within the company, but testing for lignin and biofuels. 
Lignin, I believe, yes. Biofuels, I will have to check on. Bill, we have a lot to talk about after this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Bill's very well connected and doing some awesome projects. Um, and Bill, I'd like to connect again also about future projects as we've put together our protocol for next year's trials. Um, and so kind of dive into this. And Vanessa, it may be worth wrapping your group in as well, um, you know, connecting the dots. Absolutely. Um, put some of this together. So anything else you want to share or chat about? Anything we should be paying attention to that you guys have coming up here pretty soon? Um, so we, we have webinars frequently, um, right. not only just for hemp and CBD, but for all of our divisions. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I'll see you on the conference circuit. <laughs> Hopefully I'm so soon. I wish I was going, yeah, I wish I was going up to Michigan. I'll be in Nashville. I leave to Nashville yes. on Thursday or on Friday for um, some girlfriends are going down for a wedding. So I'm kind of excited about that. Oh, that'll be super fun. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. then are you going to go down to Sheaf in Nashville? Yes. Yes. Okay. I will be there again also. So we'll definitely have to connect there. Yes. I want to do a networking. I could get together at She. There's always a lot going on, but definitely do something fun. Okay. Well, Vanessa, I sure appreciate your time. If there's anything else we can do for you, don't hesitate to holler. Um, what can, I guess, let me ask this real quick. What can GHA and or our members do to support you or the organizations you're involved in? Yeah, I mean, just just get connected. I would say get involved. Um, you know, we're only going to push this industry forward if we're together and united. So <laughs> I really think that's important. Um, you know, volunteer your time, your expertise. I think everyone has something to offer and, and we all have you know, different skills and, um, you know, valuable insights that, you know, we just need to be collaborative and share. Students. My two cents. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of students asking how they can be involved, which is just oh. incredibly rewarding in the sense of like, we've piqued their interest, right? And now we have products that they can actually work with or labs they can get involved with or whatever it is. And so yep. yeah, it excites me. Anyway. Yeah, we're always always taking interns. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Okay, well, just another reason. I will definitely connect. Um, if there's anything else, like I said, you need from me, don't hesitate to holler. I'm going to go ahead and play another commercial, and we'll see you guys back here tomorrow, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, don't forget to go to our website and register. And then I did share the link. If you want to support, donate, you can go to friendsofhemp.org and buy a T-shirt. Um, let me see if I have one. Oh, I don't have one on me and I would show it to you. They're so cool. They're just, but Vanessa, I'd love to send you one. If you want to send me one. Yes. Info, I'd love to give you one. Yes. Happy to support. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank wonderful. you guys. Have Thanks, Mandy. Day. Have a good time. one. Bye-bye.